This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am never alone. Sir, can you please introduce yourself? I am Dan the Comic Book Man. Then the comic book man is here and we are here to engage in war but to make sure that everything is done fair and balanced. We have introduced a new element. If you could please introduce yourself. Hi, it's Spooky Wick Cosplay. Spooky Wick Cosplay is here to make sure that everything is above the belt. We have to get a judge for this one because this one is this one's a hard one. We have to get a judge <laughs> for this one. Exactly. Those familiar with the Major Issues podcast might be familiar with a little special segment we do on certain episodes called Which Was Worse, where we take two maligned films and pit them up against each other to see which one is truly worse. A lot of the time, these films get put in corners when they're seen as bad films, and we rarely revisit them because of how we remember them in our heads. Doing this sometimes, refreshing uh, people's minds, we actually could figure out sometimes which one of these films and arguments is worse in particular for this episode uh, we'll be tackling some characters that were rumored to have been a part of the original cut of multiverse of madness like ghost rider and some who you know people are can't wait to get introduced into the mcu in general like the fantastic four so we picked those two films what is the most shocking i guess about these films is they're a stone's throw away from iron man a stone's throw away from dark knight in 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 a release isn't that crazy with like 100 percent. yeah i just like what we would were to think of as the turning points of comic book movies they were just <laughs> just a little short these films had they had they come out after the fact who knows the brilliance that uh they could have been um, when we put this fight up, Dan, you immediately wanted to defend the Fantastic Four from 2005. Is there a reason? Uh, well, we've done this particular matchup. This might be the first, which was worse, that these two have faced already. When we did Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance versus the 2014 Fan Stick. With Terrible Miles film. Teller and <laughs> those are Kate bad. Morris. Those are, those are not great. Those are not great films. No, so it, it, it's kind of funny that we're now doing it again. This time, we're tackling the very first Fantastic Four and the very first Ghost Rider. Yeah, definitely. But I also know that I love I, this particular Fantastic Four. I genuinely, I actually really love. Yeah? Was that your yeah. thought going in or, or after? I, you know what it was is 
I knew I was going to be confirmed by the love that I had when I was a kid for this movie. I had this video game and the video game was actually for this movie. For this, this movie had a man. They made games of everything back in the day, huh? They just every made games of every movie. Thing, bro. If you were, if you had the potential to be a video game, you had one. Ridiculous. If you were a video game that had the potential to be a movie, you had one. Cr- craziness. I don't know if they. I don't think there was a Ghost Rider video game. Oh, I don't think they ended. Been. I don't think they ended up doing any any of that. Uh, Wait, when was the last time you've seen either of these films? Have you seen both of these films? This is probably my. I remember the Fantastic Four just being awful. God yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot there there, and there's a. I mean, these both these films have pretty star-studded casts. You know, the, their um, source material are things that are popular that have made money. So it would make sense for Hollywood to try to dive into these things. Um, so the way we're going to do this is I have the wikis up. I'm going to refresh people's minds about what goes on in these films as far as the plot is concerned. And then we can take turns uh, tearing into them. And because I'm feeling very confident today, I'll start with Ghost Rider Let's from go. 2007. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Hold your fire horses, bro. All right, I'm getting this. I'm doing this the best way I can. <laughs> so but you got to start off with sometimes there's a man. Well, what's a man? Ghost Rider is a 2007 <laughs> American superhero film. Now nah, that come on, the Sam Elliott narration. You're not gonna get on me for that, bro. That was I'm amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Anyway, that's gorgeous. Um. Yeah, so the Ghost Rider is a 2007 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. The film was written and directed by Mark Steven Johnson, known for helming 2003's Daredevil, and stars Nicolas Cage as Johnny Blaze slash Ghost Rider with Eva Mendez, Wes Bentley, Sam Elliott, Donald Logue. That's not it. Like, they were one letter away from a regular name. Why didn't they just call him Donald Logue? Donald, Donald. Oh, Donald Logue. Donald Logue. Well, look Donald at Don Hall Gleason. Oh yeah, that's his, his name, name is Don Hall. <laughs> Matt Long and Peter Fonda are also in supporting roles. This film had a budget of 110 million, and it made 228.7 million, Jesus. doubled his box office. I'm telling you, bro. People were in the people were digging this, you know, until they. Well, stopped. they didn't have MCU yet, so this is all they had. That's. That's a ridiculous statement to make. Listen, all I'm saying is, <laughs> all I'm saying is, Ghost Rider uh, shouldn't get the hate that's heaped upon it. But I will briskly go through the plot of this film and then tell you guys what I dug about it, and then Dan will tell you what he didn't dig about it, and we will argue. So, <laughs> the demon Mephistopheles. I didn't think I was going to be saying that today. Since <laughs> his bounty hunter of the damned, the Ghost Rider, to retrieve a contract of San Vengaza for control of a thousand corrupt souls. Seeing that the agreement would give Mephistopheles the power to bring hell on earth, the writer refuses and escapes with it. In 1986, Mephistopheles reaches out to a 17-year-old Johnny Blaze, offering to cure his father's cancer in exchange for Johnny's soul. The next morning, Johnny awakens to discover the cancer cured, but his father dies later the same day from burns sustained in a stunt accident. Johnny accuses Mephistopheles of causing his father's death. Yeah probably 
but Mephistopheles considers his side of the contract fulfilled. Can you just say Mephisto? It's Mephisto. Well, it's the devil in general, right? It's Beelzebub. It's it's Satan. Yeah, but they're literally giving Mephistopheles. you Mephisto out giving you Mephisto. You want you like you like his shorter, his shorter name Mephisto. <laughs> Mephistopheles, Mephisto. Um, it's too I'm mad for me. I'm mad we got Blackheart in this and we didn't get none of those dreads from the Marvel vs. Capcom game. Like that's good old West Bentley though. That's the that's the shame. Um, Mephistopheles' son Blackheart comes to Earth and seeks aid from the hidden three fallen angels bonded with the elements of air, earth, and water to find the lost contract of San Vingaz, Vinganza. It's hard to say. In 2007, Johnny becomes a famous stunt motorcycle rider. He runs into his former sweetheart, Roxanne Simpson, now a news reporter whom he abandoned after his father's death. He convinces her to attend a dinner date. Mephistopheles makes Johnny the new ghost rider and offers to return his soul if he defeats Blackheart. Johnny transforms into the ghost rider, his flesh burning off his skeleton, and kills the earth angel Grizel. He then uses his penance there, a power that causes mortals to feel all the pain they have caused others, searing their soul on a street thug. The next day, oh, he... a young Rita, Wil- a young Rita Wilson, Rebel. Sorry, Rebel, young Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Rita yeah, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks's wife. I was like Rita Wilson. <laughs> yeah, no, cool. she was definitely not young in two thousand seven. <laughs> That's hilarious. The next day. He meets a man called the caretaker who knows about the ghost rider's history. He ensures Johnny th- that what happened was real and will happen again, especially at night when he is near an evil soul. Johnny leaves to find Roxanne, who's reporting on the previous night's event on the news. At home, Johnny tries to control his firepower. Roxanne comes to visit before leaving town, and Johnny reveals himself as the devil's bounty hunter. Unconvinced, she walks away in disbelief. She's like, you just ghosted me, bro. Ghosted writer. Yeah, yeah, I just got ghosted. Go. Like ghost writer. Ghosted writer. After brief, after a brief imprisonment for murders Blackheart committed, Johnny kills the air angel Ibigor and escapes from the police. He returns to the caretaker, who tells him of his predecessor, Carter Slade, a Texas Ranger who hid the contract of Venganza at home. <laughs> Johnny reco- discovers that Blackheart has killed his friend Mac and taken Roxanne hostage intending to kill her if Johnny does not deliver the contract. Johnny tries to use dependence there on Blackheart, but it proves ineffective as Blackheart has no soul. Blackheart then orders Johnny to retrieve the contract and bring it to him in San Venganza. Uh, I'm just going to start saying San Andreas. Johnny started. Uh, Johnny returns to the caretaker, demanding the contract to save Roxanne. The caretaker reveals that it is hidden inside of a spade, telling Johnny that he's more powerful than his That's predecessors. That's kind of don't you think? Listen, I mean, uh, Sam Elliott has said some things in recent time that is it's not been great. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, the caretaker transforms with Blaze, revealing that the caretaker was actually Carter Slade. Slade then leads Johnny to San Venganza and gives him a lever action shotgun before bidding farewell and apparently having finally shaken off the curse, fades into the dust as he rides away. After killing the water angel Wallow, Johnny gives Blackheart the contract. He transforms into the Ghost Rider to subdue Blackheart, but is rendered powerless at sunrise. Using the contract to absorb the Thousand Souls, Blackheart attempts to finish Johnny off, but is distracted when Roxanne uses Johnny's discarded shotgun to separate them. Um, Johnny shoots Blackheart with the gun, holding it in the shadows to allow him to enhance it with his power. 
keeping his own body in shadow, he transforms again and uses his penance there to render Blackheart catatonic by burning all the corrupt souls within him. Mephisto appears and declares that the contract is complete, offering to take back the curse of the Ghost Rider. But determined to not let anyone make another deal, Giant declines, declaring that he will use his power again and the demon against all harm that comes to the innocent. Infuriated, Mephistopheles, Mephistopheles vows to make Johnny pay and disappears with Blackheart's body. Roxanne tells Johnny that he and his, had his second chance and kisses him. That he has his second chance. I was about to say, had, that's kind of cold. Johnny rides away on his motorcycle, preparing for his new life as the Ghost Rider. Now, Dan, you need to understand cinema to understand this. Film. I need to understand. You understand? Oh, that's oh, your biggest issue currently at the moment, all right? Put your pinkies up, grab your monocle, and, and understand here. First of all, like I said, I really liked the opener to this. I really liked the, there's a legend of a ghost rider and every, every so often in the generations past. Yeah, man, especially if you're a big Lebowski fan, like this is, this is, is is right there the credit sequence of following the 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 tires of fire through through as it twists and turns like a roller coaster super cool super cool i i like that they refrained from using 2007 rock in this i feel like somebody would have definitely tried to throw a hoobastank song in here at some point and they were like you know what we didn't so there was some restraint on here um the villain for marvel at the time is kind of scary like somebody who could touch you and sap your soul completely out, dig the your eye holes out, create craters, make your skin turn gray, kind of jacked up. And Wes Bentley, come on, bro, he's like a it person now. He's like doing all kinds of stuff, you know. Then he's they on found Yellowstone him. with with uh, Sam Elliott. They're together. Look together again, off of the love of Ghost Rider. Um, Nick Cage's accent isn't great, but <laughs> I think that. <laughs> Yeah. Nick Cage is Nick Cage, and you can always count on him to be Nick Cage. At several points, I will let you know, um, you know, things that I, I, you know, I can admit to some faults of this film, you know, but I don't think that they overtake. I don't like Blaze's hair in this. I know it's a very small, <laughs> it's a very small thing, but Nick Cage's hair in this is just very weird. It's just like just padded down in the front. And he was already kind of balding. I can't yeah. take, I cannot take the transformation. It's just this weird 360 pan around him while he just smile yells. It's the transformation is chef's kiss when you realize what that must have looked like before CGI of just Nick Cage <laughs> <laughs> running and screaming and holding his face and walking like a zombie. Um, it doesn't make any sense, but the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Like a lot of this is really cool. So I much of like this is the rule of most of his lines, like that one specific line where he meets up with the caretaker for like a second time. And he's like, are you all right? I just feel like my head's on fire, but it's okay. I'm like, what, the, what is, why? To be fair though, they are, they showed prior to him becoming ghostwriter that he was a bit unhinged. I mean, my man uh, just drinks coffee straight out of the pot. Hot. He eats, what is it? Jelly beans in a martini glass? He's just crazy, is, bro. Yeah, at one that? point, at one point, my man has on a Stetson and a crystal cane. <laughs> he's walking around <laughs> with a cowboy hat and a cane, like a pimp cane. And this and is he's for his like evil Knievel. Hey, that's an American hero. 
All right, you got you got beef with Evil Knievel. You got beef with me, friend. All right, <laughs> so you better not be playing no Evil Knievel. Um, but yeah, you, you really that transformation, Dan, is pretty. The more the bike transformation is fire, literally. No, the bike. <laughs> no, when the when the bike transforms, I will admit flames. No, no pun intended. That transformation <laughs> is flames. When he gets yeah, on the bike and he revs it, and it just starts turning into like a bone and flaming yeah. pipes i'm like okay this is pretty cool but then you ha- then you have sh- you have great fight scenes and then you have stupid lines like don't you know writer you can't catch the wind well no yeah. shit buddy but i then, think we all knew that you can't catch the wind but then he does catch the wind <laughs> he does catch it so it's a dumb line but it serves to show that that guy thought he knew more than the writer um and the writer so that that shows a lot right then and there um i think that that first fight is hilarious someone tries to strangle him with a chain someone tries to strangle a man with a skeleton face with no neck he just has bones going under his under his his skull and they try to strangle that man with a chain i think that's hilarious there's a point in that fight where somebody holds his ankle in a puddle and hits him with a truck (laughs) That's hilarious. What about the cop hitting him with a billy club and breaking his jaw, and then he just fingers no. That's it. it. I'll I'll give you this. I don't know why Cage didn't voice Ghost Rider. I don't know why. It doesn't sound like him. What? None of that sounds like him. Now you're going to make me look this up. But none of that sounds like him. It sounds like somebody else is doing the voice for for the Ghost Rider. You sure it's not like no, like, you know, Voice I don't know. Editing. I don't know Nick Cage being known for his voice work is what I'm trying to say. He was the father now, in the Croods. Well, now he's done um, Spider Man. Uh, yeah, he's done Spider Man also. What is it? Um, Noir. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, he was in uh, Into the Spider Verse as Spider Man Noir. Um, they actually explain the penance there very well. You get to see the penance there. You get to see what it does to people with this whole thing of giving you all the pain of all the souls. And then the guy he does it to, like I said, like his eyes hollow out and burn from the inside out because of all the pain of the souls. That's all very metal, bro. Like, that's all. No, no. And the fact that they didn't just go cliche with it where you just hear stock footage yelling. The fact that they actually showed the things he did to people and hearing the way the people felt about those instances is actually pretty cool. I'll give it that. And I'll give it, the, I, I do like that it was very much a Western. This was, this truly did feel like a Western superhero movie. And it had, already it had me Jonah wondering, Hex, it had me wondering if Ghost Rider is normally depicted as being from the South or the West. Uh, wait, are I'm you familiar sure with you're Marvel? That? You're from New York. Yeah. Um, I, I am familiar with, uh, definitely familiar with Sam Elliott, but it did very much feel like a Western when I last watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got, maybe the equestrian that I am, it was, it was, uh, very much Western-y. You wanted and, to see more of that horse. <laughs> oh, I, I was, I was like, I hadn't seen my horse in like a week. No, two weeks. I hadn't seen my horse in like two weeks. And I watched Ghost Rider, and when Sam Elliott clicked Horse to Go, I started clicking. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> going crazy. And, and, yeah, see, and he's, it, it's authentic, Dan. And listen, 
two ghost riders riding as ghosts. Two ghost riders in the sky. But it went nowhere, <laughs> Two ghost riders in the sky. Like, that's the, that's like, you can't beat that. Yes, irony. but he decided to do that one <laughs> last ride to die. He <laughs> knew that one last that ride was That was kind of funny. That was probably the funniest line in the in the in the in the film is, um, well, I guess I I can't follow you to where where you're gonna go. I can only transform once, and I used it on that. <laughs> I was like, what? 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 So you're you, telling me that you just couldn't you just take the ride normally? Well, he can't sit on the bike, bro. That's a one man bike. You feel he me? Had he had the horse. horse right there. He had the horse. He had a horse, but Ghost Riders in the sky. Come on, you can't beat that, bro. Flaming horse, flaming motorcycle, music blaring in the background. So cool. I'm um, surprised that they didn't have Knights of Sidonia by the Muse playing. This was too much on the note. No, they knew, they knew once they made this film that it was going to be Ghost Riders in the Sky. They, they knew. <laughs> I think um, had they been able to flesh out the story a bit more, obviously, this feels very spawn <laughs> right even though it predates oh spawn. it's 100 spawn it was it really was yeah even though it predates spawn it the stories are very similar um it which is it just shows you the unfortunate nature of these releases right because uh in the same sense i believe name more the submariner predates aquaman but since aquaman has come out first in theaters they're going to do some significant changes to namor to as not confuse the market with aquaman and i feel like it's weird that Spawn would come out first and then people would see this and be like, oh, this feels like Spawn when it should be the other way around. Spawn's been... You the, should see you know, Spawn in 97 and be like, oh my God, this is like a Ghost Rider, but darker. Yeah, Right, the idea that you sign over your soul to the devil and, and say you're going to work for him, but under your own terms uh, and, and not punish innocence. Um, very, very similar. You what know? happens when your movie exists 10 years after Spawn? Yeah, but I guess they were going off, like I said, the, the success of Daredevil and um, Blade, oh, the success of Daredevil, <laughs> the minor success of Daredevil and Blade. Daredevil, I mean, people, people, it had Evanescence in it, bro. That that they had a budget. I mean, listen, as a ten-year-old kid, yes, I had a I had a, a Ben Affleck Daredevil movie poster in my room. I had that movie on DVD. I I will genuinely say I loved Daredevil growing up. But Charlie Cox ruined that, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Sam Elliott as like the Yoda character, like the older, let me tell you how to do this. But he doesn't really teach him anything. <laughs> You're just, just naming like, better characters than the actual characters have, in your movie. No, the caretaker was a good character. Sam Elliott's a good character. He said some things on Year of the Dog that were a bit not great. And he's apologized for them since. But, you know, when he's good, he's good. And he's good in this. Um, I do think that the West Bentley's, um, his henchmen are kind of one note. They should have done a better job to explain what they were there for and all that kind I mean, of stuff. They were literally there for just like the cool, two of the coolest fight scenes of the movie. And then they die. So like, I, I truly can't fault character like what's the uh, nameless henchman type characters yeah like they're probably big comic book villains in the ghostwriter lore but i don't know all i know is they're the dumbest coolest villains i have seen in a long time yeah you can tell that they were on the line with blackheart 
about whether or not to show him how he's depicted in comics. There's several points in which it's like a flash of his demonic form, but they couldn't just settle on doing it. Maybe they didn't have the money. That's also a case, that's also a case too, where they're like, we'll just have him be this regular I guy. I how he looked in the movie. I'm not going to lie, because I have since looked up Blackheart. And maybe it's because I'm a Wes Bentley stan, yeah. but I genuinely liked the, I did like the villain. I, I can't lie. I, I don't lie to you. The villain was really good in the movie to me. Like it gave weight, it gave consequences. Like there was, it didn't just feel like it was being wrote into a convenient hole just for the main character to do main character stuff. Yeah, I will tell you this from both our films. I absolutely hate two thousands sideburns. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. 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 Uh, Blackheart has them. Chris Evans has them in 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 your film. These. These Elvis sideburns the that were popping, yeah, top. that were popping in the 2000s. Not a fan, and it just makes everyone look dated. It makes Wes Bentley look dated, like he's supposed to be like this otherworldly, you know, from another realm kind of guy. But he's got a modern haircut. It looks looks a little weird. Um, but I think it's they could have explained better this whole idea of like the devil's son trying to fight him. And using a thousand souls to do so, I think that's a cool premise. Why know? is it the two thousands is what I hate? Why is a thousand souls always <laughs> the why price? Is that the line? <laughs> Between House of a Thousand Corpses, is goddamn Jack Sparrow had to get a thousand souls for Davy Jones. The mm-hmm. the the this has a thousand souls that are powerful, like. God Maybe it's damn. like the U.S. dollar. Maybe it's like the U.S. dollar, where you know, it's like that's the, like that's the, the currency. Dollar. It starts at a thousand, and then you can give or take somewhere on the market. But yeah, like I love the idea of like you can't use dependence there on me. I don't have a soul. Now I'm gonna use this contract to put a thousand souls in me, and then Ghost Rider's like, yeah, you got yeah, a thousand souls now. Okay, for you, and he does the penance there and. Blackheart's like, how? Well, you, you you just told them. You just said that it was. You uh, have a thousand souls in your body right now, and statistically, at least eight hundred and fifty of those souls are tainted. Statistically, no, I think they were a thousand cursed souls. They were a thousand bad souls. Oh, that was it. Was one hundred percent eight thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one thousand of the like they were cursed, so they were all they all had sin, and so he was gonna he was gonna feel the pain. Regardless, which I thought was pretty uh, <laughs> funny because Reckless. he couldn't wait Reckless. the whole movie to get that power inside of him. And then once he did, it got used against him. So I thought that was pretty uh thing. I, I can talk about some of the things I weren't necessarily, you know, I didn't love. Um, I think it had terrible de-aging technology in this film for some reason. <laughs> Instead of casting a young... Wait, is that a young... Is that a young Eva Mendes or is that bad? No. Those are that, that was that, that's not bad de aging. That's just really on the nose casting, which should be a good thing because. So if it's not de aging, they did bad ADR work because when they're talking, it doesn't. It there's a weird misstep of timing, which made me think that their mouths were weird because of the de aging. I got to find out if there was someone who played young Roxanne. Um, well, now I'm gonna have to. Oh look yes, this up Raquel Alessi plays young Roxanne. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, they must have did that thing that they did in Venom Two, where they oh god, try to it. you know what I'm talking about? Where they try to put I the know voice exactly of what you're talking about. 
older person on top of the face of somebody else. Yeah, and then because it just, this 18-year-old kid totally sounds like 60-year-old Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to say 60-year-old Eva Mendez. I'm like, that's she wasn't, she wasn't 60. Oh, I'm not, I'm not that mean. I love Eva Mendez. I completely forgot Sam Elliott was also General, General Thunderbolt Ross in Hulk. Oh, my God. He was General Thunderbolt Hulk. Uh, Thunderbolt Hulk. Yeah, like Thunderbolt Hulk. Well, I mean, Red Hulk, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And because I remember Jennifer Connelly being in that movie. And I remember, I think Lucas, Lucas, uh, is it Lucas Black? Where? Who's from, who, uh, he was from Sweet Home Alabama and American Pie. I could have sworn. Yeah, I, no, not that. I could have, because you brought up 2003 Hulk. So now I remember oh, all the oh, people that oh. were in fucking. Like Chris Christopherson was in there. I mean, oh, no, Eric people... Schultz. Uh, no, oh, God, one Eric of those. Schultz. <laughs> no. Not Eric Schultz. What's his name? Josh Lucas, Nick Nolte. Uh, Nick Nolte, that's his damn name. And Jennifer Connelly. But... What a stupid cast. Oh, I said Tom Cruise was off for the role. <laughs> Guess that's what happens. Um, I don't I didn't like the relationship between Roxanne and <laughs> and Johnny, I just oh, well, you don't like that my man stopped traffic just for this one girl, and then I, I don't mind that. Date? But it's a weird. This film spends an incredible amount of time trying to get you to believe that Eva Mendez is that no one wants Eva Mendez but Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's very hard. To, that's very oh, hard. Oh come to, on, George. You will. She should know by now. Workaholic women are not sexually viable to two thousands. Hollywood. That might that might have been it because there's an entire scene where she's waiting for him on a date and she's just getting drunk off of wine and at one point she like flirts with the with the waiter the waiter and he looks at her like like that's Eva Mendez bro like what are you doing that's 2007 Eva Mendez you need to relax over there well listen man it's not just then because even and I this is a comic book movie but if you ever seen um Rounders with uh, Matt Damon and Edward Norton. They went through great lengths to show why Matt Damon doesn't want to cheat on his girlfriend with Famke Jensen. That's Famke Jensen, bro. That's Famke Jensen. She's got the Phoenix Force in him. Also, uh, there was a 10-year difference between Cage and Mendez when they filmed this film, which is probably why I didn't feel any. I knew Cage was younger. No, Cage is is older, bro. Super duper over. No, Cage older, does sixty in this movie. He, I don't know what. That's what I'm saying. Them. The haircut makes it feel like, um, hello, hello, my fellow students. Like that kind of, <laughs> that, that kind of vibe. He doesn't feel young at all. And I feel like this character, just like Johnny Blaze, like they nailed casting Johnny Blaze in your film. And I feel like they should have went that same age group for Johnny Blaze in this. No, one hundred percent. When his father died, like the whole backstory was awesome. Pick up from there. Use that kid as Johnny Blaze. That kid would have been perfect, honestly. And I actually genuinely liked his acting. I yeah. didn't. And usually, when it comes down to like, not just origin stories, but when it comes down to actors having to play the younger version of a well-known, prolific actor, they're usually like, there's no uh, credit for them. Stuff yeah. like that. But him, I genuinely would have watched the movie if he was johnny blaze but you gotta sell tickets you gotta you gotta make that box office money and in 2007 who's who's ranking in the box office like nick cage who's doing these obscure niche movies that'll end up garnering a cult following like nick cage nick cage is is the master of cult followings yeah but you don't want to 
if you're putting this much money into something, you don't want it to have a cult following. You wanted this thing to blow up in the box office. And I just read that his voice was manipulated by sound designer Dane Davis. Uh, Davis filtered Cage's lines, line readings through three different kinds of animal growls that were then played backwards and covered separate frequencies. What? And then he amplified that dialogue through a mechanical volumizer. All this, and he could have just put his hand over his mouth. Basically, talk or talking to a fan. <laughs> you know, he's talking to a fan, and he get that cool listen, listen, tune stuff. Say what we will about the Dark Knight. Christian Bale at least didn't need an ADR for his voice. Did I want this film? Also, felt like a film that would have had a album attached, like Punisher did, <laughs> but it didn't. You know, music by Stained. Yeah, it would have had that Red album, Theory. Finger Eleven. It would have, it would have, they would have done it all, <laughs> but they just didn't. Um, and like My Chemical was on the Punisher soundtrack, man. Come there's on, there's no way My Chemical Romance was My Chemical Romance no, on the Punisher not My song? Chemical. Slow Chemical. Oh yes, yes, slow yes. Chemical. I was about to I'm say I don't know if My Chemical, chemical was on Punisher. Romance was around when first Punisher came out. Uh. Yeah, I, and I think that the ending is kind of cheesy because I don't think that Nick Cage, uh, maybe it's the age that I'm at now, but Nick Cage doing any kind of genuine line reading just doesn't work for me now. Like, I just, it all feels tongue in cheek. It's, it's his narration. One, I personally, and this isn't just a for your movie, this is any movie. I don't like that self realization narrating at the end that I know now what I must become. I used yeah, to think yeah. I was this way and now <laughs> I'm this way. I can't stand it. It is preachy. It's not cool. And he's like, oh, I'm now the writer. I got to make sure everybody doesn't, doesn't do this deal. Like, he oh, literally God. says, I am the spirit of vengeance. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, your, that's the next movie, bro. Like, one step yeah, at a time. Yeah, bro, but no, bro, he's, bad movie. he's, um, I don't know. Is there room in the MCU for Nicolas Cage? I don't. Honestly, shorty. I think there is like I a side there's... character, like a Nova Corps officer, like how. <laughs> um, what's John C. Riley. Yeah, like John C. Riley was, but like, take all the attention onto me. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I think given the right the right script, I could buy him as Prowler, like a as Prowler. The Prowler? Yeah, or like somebody maybe the Creeper. <laughs> like, like give like give him like the most you know like made fun of Spider Man villain, and uh -huh. he would probably turn out an Oscar worthy performance with that. If you gave this man like Kite Man for Batman, I think he would kill Kite Man. Oh my god! I think he would do a good job at like the weirdest, obscure '80s Silver Age comic villains. IGN made a list of the top ten worst comic book movies of the decade in 2010, and this was number seven. <laughs> oh god, that means so, lower or higher? Oh, yours was number six. <laughs> Fantastic Four 2005 is number six. Um, so I will end this on saying that if this film would have done less of the romantic stuff, because there was obviously no chemistry between these two for good reason, you know, um, and would have gotten more into the lore and probably taken itself a little bit less seriously. Um, it takes itself like not serious at all in the sequel and it's a bit more fun. Um, this kind of stuff you can't, his, his head's on fire. Like, you can't sit here and try to make Macbeth out of it, you know? Like, this is, it is what it's going to be. Um, and if you treated it with that level of... Movie, that's the problem. Like, 
is it the worst comic book movie or the worst movie I've ever seen? Not by the least. I mean, we're talking, like, you know, Happy Time Murder still exists, you know? Like, so it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just looking back on it now, rewatching it with all of the movies that I've been privy to for the last 15 years since I've seen it. It's just not interesting. And like halfway through, I got bored where I had to watch it in two days because once we get to the dinner part, I'm like, oh, my God, this is really this is dragging forever. It's just Nick Cage in a mirror telling himself to flame on. That's I, will, I will say that I will say that it doesn't need to um, be as long as it is. I, I, you oh, know, it is super long feeling without having. A long runtime. Like, what is the runtime? An hour, forty-five minutes? An hour and a half? Uh no, it's two hours and three minutes. Holy shit! No, oh, so don't. Never mind. Cut. You, yeah. you could have cut like thirty minutes of that movie, honestly. Like um, at least 30, <laughs> 30 minutes of that movie. Well, as I said, I think you cut. The, I think the fad is the ro- romance in it. I think that's what that. I think that's what everything the, needed a romance in these movies, and it's not saying these movies as in comic book movies, but movies of like two thousand and three. To 2000 and like, I can't even say, like maybe 2002 to 2008, every main character needed romance. They even, I mean, Rachel Dawes and Batman, like it's, it stood around even after the fact, like that's, you know, there's, there's Spider-Gwen and Spider-Verse, like that all, that all tracks. What, do you remember what your reaction was when you first saw this? Was this something you ever wanted to watch again? Oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah. Um, I would have to say that I, I didn't want to watch it again, (laughs) but uh, like it was good when I saw it. And then the second time I saw it, it was because, uh, because of circumstances and it just happened to be there. And I'm like, okay, I have nothing else to do. I'm going to watch this. And then Sam Elliott, I was like, oh yeah, that guy's in this. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. But yeah, it was. I was like, I would, I would like actively seek it out. I ended up watching it. Yeah, I don't think many people end up actively seeking to watch this. This would be my first rewatch in probably 10 years. Like, um, when we started this series, I hadn't watched Ghost Rider 2. I went out of my way to watch Ghost Rider 2 um, to do this, which was worse of it. And um, I was surprised they even made it. Ghost Rider 2, if I'm not mistaken, comes out in 2012, which is the same year as Avengers. So to think that we were getting that level of quality of Yeah, Ghost Rider, film, is ten, Ghost Rider 2 is 10 years old. It came yeah. out the same year as Avengers and Amazing Spider-Man and Dark Knight Rises. What a year for 2012. Yeah, all the good and all the bad and all the indifferent. All right, then and there. <laughs> so I thought, I, yeah, yeah. Like this... The films that were made before the MCU, I give a bit of mercy and grace to because I say we we could not have foreseen how far and how high we could fly prior to this until no Feige way. gets on, no on, on board. But everything made after the fact, especially after Avengers, I am very hard on. <laughs> I am extremely hard on because it's been proven. We now have seen that it is possible. And for you to, uh, you know, sink below that the morbiuses of the world like morbius could have been way cooler morbius morbius spooky was a film a vampire film with little to no blood in it like little to I know, no- that, 
that also like really disappointed me. I was like, he's supposed to be tearing these people to shreds, and I'm not seeing any of this. Why? No, no blood. When <laughs> your movie makes me say, hmm, I think I'd rather give Blade Three a chance. I don't think you were the movie. <laughs> Like Blade One unapologetically opens up with a blood orgy, like in the first ten literally, minutes. Literally, it's like a, a, and the sprinkler systems have blood, and it's just all blood, and and you get more blood in those ten minutes than you do the, throughout the whole entire Morbius. So that's why I'm harder on those films because it's like we've seen this done better. You have no excuse if nothing's been done better prior, then uh, you tried your best. But if 100%. But if something has been done better, then you're not trying hard enough because we've already seen that this kind of thing works. Um, we go from my great film to Dan's maligned. Listen, don't act like you didn't <laughs> love this film. Don't act like you didn't love this film. There was always something missing for me in this film. I think it's Dr. Doom, no, bro, but we'll talk I, about I, it. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think it's Dr. Doom, but I will admit that there is a specific ingredient in this movie that is genuinely missing. Yeah. But other than that, I freaking love this film. Let's let let's let's get into the way that this film is. You know, I'm I I let I let you talk crap for too long about your terrible movie. Ridiculous. Now 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 it's time for me. Hearsay and objection. Hearsay and objection. So our movie, the 2005 Fantastic Four that had a budget of 87.5 to $100 million and made $333.5 million in the box office. A, an entire two times what your movie made at the box office and its relative box office budget. More money, more problems is all I'll say to that. You know what I'm saying? You don't want, look, what happened. Was- look what ended up happening. You ended up having to get Doug Jones for the next film and then make Galactus a fart. So Not just Doug to... Jones, but it was Doug Jones Lawrence Fishburne, right? by Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> MCU yeah. ends up getting him outright as, uh, what's his face, Goliath after that. Oh my God. The movie begins with Dr. Reed Richards, a genius but timid and bankrupt physicist <laughs> who is convinced evolution was triggered by millions of years ago on Earth by clouds of cosmic energy in space. Wait a minute. They were already setting that up? For, uh, for Galactus, is that what they were already? <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. That's what they were evil setting clouds. Up. Evil clouds are coming for you and your children and your guns. Listen, Don't let them do it. it happened. It ha- It happened to Jean Grey. Oh, well, God. I mean, in Dark Phoenix, anyways. Oh, I hate Dark Phoenix. Don't don't get me Dark Phoenix. Did <laughs> <laughs> that movie already come out yet? <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> it has. It hasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't great because in our in X Men Apocalypse. Phoenix uh, shows up, you know. If you've seen X Men Apocalypse, Jean Grey uses the Phoenix to defeat Apocalypse. But yeah, then, I remember that. But then in Dark Phoenix, they say she never had the Phoenix until she goes into space to get it. Which they basically retcon the movie's own sequel. Yeah. Yep. Fun times. But tell me about Reed. Together with his gruff yet junk, gentle astronaut Ben Grimm, who writes these wikis? <laughs> who the fuck writes these? Who writes these wikis? You, you can you would you categorize Michael Chiklis as gruff yet? What is it? Gruffy yet gentle astronaut. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, that's what they got on his tombstone. His first line of dialogue was insulting Von Doom for making a statue. Gruffy yet gentle, guys. 
reconvinces his equally brilliant but conceited MIT classmate, Vic, Dr. Victor Von Doom, now CEO of Von Doom Industries, to allow him access to his space station to test the effects of exposure to clouds on bi biological samples. Yet they wonder why their powers happened. I mean, hubris. Thy name is Fantastic Four. <laughs> you know? Von Doom the Von Doom agrees in exchange for control over the experiment and a majority of the profits from whatever benefits it brings. He brings aboard his chief genetics researcher and Reed's ex-girlfriend from MIT, Susan Storm, and her brother, John Storm, a young astronaut who was then subordinate at Your mic. superior on, <laughs> on uh, his mission. Yeah. So you got you got the brilliant scientist. You got his gruffy yet gentle best friend. You ready? You, you ready know, for it? You ready for a tangent? What happened? What happened to Jessica Alba? Like what happened? Like we all like, agree. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just what happened? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We all agree that Jennifer, Jennifer, Jessica Alba is a treat to view on the screen. I I think we can all agree that she is fun to watch. But it seemed like Hollywood was never really sure where to put her. Even though they wanted her in film, they weren't sure if she was a leading actress. They weren't sure if she was a leading horror actress. They weren't sure if she was a leading action actress. And then they put her in this and they give her almost nothing to do. What happened? What ha Like, she Bro, seems fine. What? I what? love movies with all of my heart. All of my heart. Movies is my number one love. I can only name three movies jessica alba was in that's good luck chuck blue crush and fantastic four i you remember the eye one where she got the evil eye transplant that, that's the only oh one my God, I where she was the blind girl <laughs> yeah oh yeah wait do you know what i'm talking about uh oculus i believe yeah i think it's something like that yeah she has eyes and uh she, well, she's blind so she gets an eye trans I transplant, but they're evil or evil something. eyes. So he gets like haunted. Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a 2000s film. Like that's a picture you do in the elevator. I like I, I get it, I and then I literally merged that and uh, Holly Berry's Gothica in you put one. Them, film. You put those two together. Yeah, they're like the same film to me. Oh my god! So it's all Gothica. Yeah, in this, she's just giving uh, um. Ian Grufford, what is it? Is it Grufford? It's Ian. It's harder to say than that. I feel like Grufford, Gruff and Fud, Grufford, Ian Grufford. Yes, Ian Grufford. Yeah, it is. It nope. It's not Ian. It's it's I O A N. Ian. Is that what that is? It's either Ian or Eowyn. Eowyn Grufford. Don't just call yourself Owen, goddammit. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, you were just getting on me for Donald Logan, and you, and then you come over here with... No, no, Eowyn. I'm just saying I understand because look at Dom Hall Gleason. Like, wow. That's why Will I Am is the greatest. That's the greatest name right there. <laughs> it's just, it's all, it's all there. It's Will, I Am, William. I Am Will. Yep. That's it. Boy, oh, so boy. So we're in space now. We're in space. Gotta love this space. <laughs> The Quinjet, the Quinjet, God, no, the Quinet, Quinet, Quintet, Quintet, the Quintet. Five people, five people. 
The quintet travels to space to observe the cosmic energy clouds, but Reed has miscalculated the clouds. And Reed has miscalculated, and the clouds materialize way ahead of schedule. Because, you know, that you can totally get get the difference between seven hours and seven minutes apart. I thought the different. I thought it was like a miscalculation from Doom. I thought like Reed was like, oh, we've done this wrong, and now we need to stop. And then Doom's like, we're not stopping. And I'm like, no, Reed miscalculated. He's the smartest man on the earth. What's going minutes. on with Reed Richards, damn it? <laughs> can we talk about Reed Richards now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, What's going on? As much as I love... Ian Grufford as Reed Richards, and I genuinely do like the casting. This is not the Reed Richards that I personally know, and I don't know a lot, but I know that that man is literally a walking brain cortex with legs. I'm also going to get ahead of myself, but this is the first of many films. No, no, it's not the first. X-Men actually is the first of many films to suggest that uh, difference in hair color is a power. Is, is this what you get after you get your powers? Because... <laughs> <laughs> with rogue rogue got her white hair through some sort of weird power transfer thing she's no doing. but that's actually accurate to the comics though i thought she always had that white streak in her no, hair even as a villain from what i remember she got that from absorbing captain marvel's powers is that what happened that or either that or that's why how they explain her flying but and then I remember Xavier gets bald because of his weird power exchange thing with, with uh, Apocalypse. And in this, uh, uh, Reed Richards gets his gray silver fox stuff because of the storm, which felt very weird. I'm like, that's just a normal... I think you should have just had it from the beginning. Yeah, that's just a normal thing. Why would you blame that on superpowers? <laughs> like, oh, you're graying over there in the temples. Oh, trust me, it was the cosmic storm. It's not my age at all. It's, it's... <laughs> well, to be fair, the, um, the, the white hair is actually... So yeah. it could be the fact that they're getting these powers is stress and also hair loss is so it's the you know I've seen between Dr. Xavier he lost his hair because of all the spraying of the hair, that's also known as a factor. So the stress that the cosmic cloud brought on caused the overfoxing. But yeah, that's I could see that and Michael Chickless well, didn't have any go. going in. So he was fine. <laughs> Michael Chiklis had no hair, so he was oh, he was good. Chiklis. But um, yeah, they get hit with. I liked the cosmic storm in this actually. I liked how it was depicted. I, okay, as a kid, and this is me as a kid. I thought it was the dumbest thing I ever saw. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but look, their powers are showing every time the cloud hits them. And even as a kid, I'm just like, okay, because I'm stupid and I can't figure out why. You thought it was too heavy-handed at the time. I, honestly, it must just been something that's always been a part of me, but I just don't like exposition. I don't like being my hand. I don't like my hand being held, but I understand that others are going to need their hand held. Right. And I get it. Now watching it as an adult and seeing it, oh my God, it was one of the coolest shits I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Changes, I, I don't bro. know what it was, but just seeing Johnny get hit with the storm and go on fire, seeing Reed get hit with the storm and stretch, see Sue get hit with the storm and go invisible. I'm like, damn. That's a pretty cool stylistic choice. Like, like yeah, it's exposition, but it's also a stylistic choice that's just like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought I thought the like they didn't have to do that. Pictured, and they did pictured pretty well. Yeah, but yeah, they get hit with the they get hit with the storm. Oh no, Ben gets full exposure. <laughs> My man oh, gets no. knocked out. They return home, but as soon as they do, they begin to develop strange powers. 
<laughs> Reed is, and this is Wiki, Reed is able to stretch like rubber. Sue can become invisible and create force fields, especially when uh, enraged. Johnny can <laughs> engulf himself in fire at temperature in excess of 4,000 Kelvin, erroneously described as supernova-themed in the film. Yeah, and I guess supernova is higher than that, but they say that that's, you know, what that and is. And then is transformed into a large rock-based creature with superhuman strength and durability. Victor, meanwhile, faces a backlash from his stockholders due to the publicity from their failed mission and has a scar on his face from, from an exploding control console he was near during the clouds pass. I don't buy that. Neither do I. Don't buy it. Don't Neither buy do it. That's the Neither one. That's I. the one part. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it reminds me of the th the cut that Mac gets because he bashed his laptop and it's always sunny. That it hits him back. <laughs> and he, has <laughs> <a scar. laughs> he has a scar on his face. But even past that, Victor in this feels like both Norman and Harry Osborne. He's literally <laughs> an Osborne. He feels like both Norman and Harry. And those films just came out. So it just feels like one of those, like, you can't do this to me after everything I sacrificed. Well, we're cutting, we're cutting the budget, Doom. You know, we, you know, you, you're not, it's not fine. Then I'll do it myself. And then and I'll then go and I'll gets, kill. Then he gets his revenge on one of the board members. As the same way that, he, that Norman did. He might as well have screamed, out, am I? <laughs> back to formula but then <laughs> but then he does the he does the um harry stuff of like gossiping right like gossiping to the thing about well maybe your best friend doesn't like you know doesn't want to cure you he just wants to sleep with two and, and all the other uh, kind I'm, of stuff. I'm pretty sure that there was a line in the script where jillian mcmahon was supposed to look at reed richards touch his lips and go strawberries <laughs> strawberries <laughs> terrible absolutely terrible i'll let you hate spider-man 3 but so yes amazing so, spider-man 2 is better it definitely is you agree finally well, I mean, you know, I watched enough reactions and seeing people actually genuinely like the movie. I felt like I was the idiot that they didn't like the movie. I'm telling you, bro. Itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> ben returns home to see his fiance, Debbie, but she can't handle his new appearance and flees in fear. He goes to brood. We know we, we have to talk about this scene. We have to talk about this scene. This scene is the most ridiculous scene in both films. <laughs> oh, so ben Grimm wakes up <laughs> as a rock man busts through his hospital wall goes to go see the love of his life his fiance his fiance can see him thinks she can see him from her window so she leaves her home in a nightie goes Literally, in a nightie, not even a jacket no in a, in a complete nightgown go, walks the streets of new york to see ben and then is shocked by his appearance and runs away only to come back later on as he saves people's lives to throw his ring on the floor. <laughs> she is the worst, the worst. She I thought Roxanne, my film was bad. She's the worst. Now, initially I would have sent your film a lot more for this character. I didn't realize that in this film, they introduce Alicia masters, which I didn't who, notice either till I saw the credits. I'm like, Carrie Washington. She yeah. was in this. I thought he didn't introduce her because they met literally in a bar in the second one after the team after Johnny and him found out that they planned on breaking up the Fantastic Four. 
Well, in the second one, it starts with the wedding, and she's already she's already in it. She's already in the wedding. Because oh, remember, they're joking around about this... the they're joking around about the about how um, if they sleep together, that she'll die from a rock slide. Johnny I Johnny's making jokes. Right. About... I remember the scene. No, I remember it now. And even even after watching this movie again. I still think that bar scene was the second movie. That was that bar scene was That's the first just, movie. Yeah, I so Alicia Masters is a long time uh love interest Wife for Ben, ben Grimm. Yeah. yeah, so I I I completely dig that. But it, I was wondering for a second if they were just trying to kick my boy Ben, you know, make us feel the most sympathetic about him by giving him the worst fiance ever. You know, somebody who not only not doesn't give him a second to explain why he looks like a rock forever but would run out into New York City in a nighty and would also run out to a crime scene to, to, to drop an engagement ring. The, the levels oh, are the petty. Best was the, the best was the taxi driver. Hey, I'm calling the police. <laughs> no one, not one New Yorker in the history of New York ever stops their car to see a girl running away in the middle of the night and say, hey, I'm calling the police to an attacker. I'm looking at... I'm looking at the synopsis of what happens next, and it says that uh, the four use their various powers to contain the damage and prevent anyone from getting hurt. That's a lie. That, that is, is an lie. that is an out and out lie. Some man tries to commit suicide. The thing shows up and is like, "Don't do it," and then the man falls, and then he falls into the street, and a truck comes, and the thing <laughs> decides. To stop the truck, he's just going to shoulder block it. The hardest oh, he did the he Hancock. fucking can. He did the Hancock that, that Hancock did to the train. Killing that driver, right? Like, that guy is dead. No, he saves the driver. Remember? Was... He opens the door and the driver couldn't take his seatbelt off. So he rips, oh. the whole, he rips the whole seat out. I was about to say, because after that truck crashes, several other cars crash. It's like a multi-car pileup. Oh, it's 100% like a, like, like at least a 15-body pileup on the Brooklyn she, He tried to save one person and killed 15 people. This is the trolley problem, people. This is why this, is why this trolley problem. I hate the trolley problem. This is why it doesn't work. He killed, they killed so many people. And then all the Fantastic Four run onto the bridge. And it's like, you guys are heroes. And I'm like, you're the Fantastic Four. That's what they're calling you. I don't buy it. Chris Evans is great in this. Chris Evans is also gonna get his ass me tooed in this. He is, but also, <laughs> but also, he should have had uh, better hair. That's another hair. That's another hair argument. You know I'm what? Have. Okay, when it comes down to Chris Evans' age and like the the swagger of who he's supposed to be portraying, the hair makes sense. This is the one instance where anybody else's sideburns of hair, I can totally get. But here, a, a mid twenties, early thirty year old uh, playboy hothead who I feel like he missed a prime opportunity for block, for frosted tips, bro. This is two thousand five. Yeah, I feel like he missed cellular with my with Michelle. No, Fiber. but in this, being the hothead, you know, he's a hothead boy band guy in in you know what I'm saying, two thousand five. So look up those guys and what they were rocking. He's rocking like a crew cut in this. Well, he has to because he's military, and I think he's still active military. But he's also just walking out of hospitals. With another, so one moment he cares about restrictions, and one moment he doesn't, bro. And that's not the kind of life I want to live. He walked out of a hospital in a pink bubble jacket. Maria Menudos is in this. Good old Maria Menudos. Also, my boy Hamish Linklater plays Von Doom's secretary, and I am... That was probably the biggest mark out moment of rewatching this movie after 
20 years. He looks exactly the same. Bro, my man, Father Paul, does not age. No, Well, he Why might be a vampire, not- so that makes sense. <laughs> oh, well, uh, so yeah, yeah. So we save we save all these people on the bridge, and then save. We save all these people on the bridge. Oh, they can't and, see saved quotation marks. Someone like and, this. And read. So audio only. Read decides <laughs> to tell the, the 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 media that we don't know about these powers. What's going to happen? We're just researchers that try to cure diseases, and now we're a disease. So we're going to go research ourselves. And then, uh, you know, it's, your, it's 2000, so you're going to get your hijinks and montages. And you got some um, Luis Premier, Italian type, uh, you know, every time it rains, it rains, pandas from heaven type music yep, yep. playing while, while, while uh, you know, Reed walks in on Jessica Alba while she's in the shower. And Chris Evans spots Reed Richards using his arm to get toilet paper from the next room and... We're just trying to make Ben flinch so he can. <laughs> oh man, that whole montage. is this the one with the pie? No, he, he, the puts the, he puts the whipped cream on his hand yeah, and yeah, he yeah. the feather duster on someone that has no nerve endings. I like uh, Johnny and the Thing's relationship in these films. Oh, 100 percent. They're like they're like the bestest of Big Brother Little Brother duos. Right, but I don't believe Ian and. Alba together. Really? Listen, we're living in a world where Kim Kardashian is with Pete Davidson. At this point, nothing makes sense. Up is down. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. But they were also doing a weird romantic Victor Von Doom thing as well. Yeah, no, I didn't like that specific writing that she was in a relationship that she didn't want to be in. Because it just seemed like, you know, creepy and weird, like. And then he was going to kill her, bro- right? Because he closed the door behind her. <laughs> so, well, like, like, that should have been the end of that conversation. When he closes all the doors. Because he's like, oh, we've been together, what, three years now? And she's like, it's been a good three years. The company is doing so well. I'm like, honey, she's not, he's not talking about the company. That's yeah. the last thing that's on his mind is his company. Which, After you know, everything I was- sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we have our little hijinks montage. Nice little hijinks montage, you know? So from there, we have uh, Victor coming to show his quote-unquote support. Blames Reed for his mission going awry. Says that he sent billions of dollars into a company that, you know, went nowhere. And then the, li- the lights start flickering. We get the little lights flicker. He gives the, the, that line, uh, you know, pay your electric bill. And then... And then we start getting our slow little reveals that this man has metal under his skin as if, you know, he's Wolverine without the healing factor. So every time he, he breaks skin, you just see metal. So, again, what is up with directors feeling like they need to reinvent to better understand Von Doom? Every one of these guys feels like they need to to reinvent Victor Von Doom so as they can better understand him. And it's like, no, he this is a character that has lasted throughout comics with his one portrayal and his one depiction for a very, very long time. He's a very egotistical master of technology and magic who is capable of running his own country if need be, and is incredibly uh, jealous slash murderous of Reed Richards because he wants Sue. Um, Making him a weird electronic metal man felt strange. And there's a part where he picks up his helmet 
and it feels like it's cut from a different film. Like it just feels like they just added that scene in. <laughs> a man, okay. him breaking that that little like uh, encasement to get his mask was kind of dumb. I will say that <laughs> what they did, what they did to Doom by giving him powers that were like you know um, manifested was really really dumb. And I knew it even as a kid that that was gonna rub so many people the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. Doom doesn't have powers. He has tech. That's mm-hmm. always been his thing. This man does not make does not shoot electricity holes. He got magic people. energy projection and shit like that. But it's you're right, it's mastery of technology. Uh, other other things. Or and magic, which can I guess you can say is probably indistinguishable from technology given, you know, people's oh, mastery of it. True. Yeah. Yep. But it's not electric powers. No, not at all. And he he is definitely like I know that he wears the sc- the mask because he was impatient to wait for the Latverians to have it cool down, so he just put the mask on and burned his face. Hot. Yeah, so I know that. But it that that doesn't help the fact that he puts the mask on because he's scarring from metal. Listen, I don't know about anybody else, but if my skin started breaking and all you saw was metal under me, I'm rocking that with a badge of honor. You're doing the full Colossus. Oh, you gonna see me? I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna look like a T1000. I'm gonna look like Terminator after he got beat up by Sarah Connor. Like you gonna see it, right? But so we have Victor punch the the elevator. You know, shows his knuckles are now metal. Reed tells the group (laughs) that Reed now has a plan to reverse the storm by reconstructing the machine and recreating the storm to reverse the effects. But warns it could possibly accelerate them, however, in, uh, instead. However, Johnny refuses to give up his powers and uses them to help him win extreme sports, thus exposing Reed, Susan, and Ben's abilities to the public, which leads to a small fight between them and Ben after making fun of them. Johnny claims that these new powers are a higher calling. A higher calling. God, God wanted Johnny Storm to go on fire. <laughs> Johnny, God wanted the most egotistical man in the world to have one of the most powerful forms of human science possible. Yes, yes, that's exactly what God wanted. Sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, Victor continues to mutate, his arms turning an organic metal and allowing him to produce bolts of electricity. And he begins plotting to use his new powers to take revenge. Victor drives a wedge between Ben and Reed as the group's research has allowed him to rekindle his relationship with Susan. Reed and Ben argue, with Ben walking out in rage. Susan soon scolds Johnny on how his powers, on how he's using his powers just to gain popularity. This motivates Reed to attempt the machine on himself, but he cannot generate the power needed to push the storm to critical mass. Victor hears Reed tell Susan his, uh, through his security cameras and had yeah victor hears reed tell susan this through the security cameras which is stupid how do you mm-hmm. have security cameras in baxter building but i'm supposed to be the one defending this movie but <laughs> how, why is there security cameras in the baxter building and why do your security cameras have uh microphones i thought security cameras don't don't record audio but you know i mean this is reed richard's security cameras so but, but how he's also is, broke. How, he's also broke, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, listen, if you're listen, if all you are getting is uh, payment notice and last notice papers, 
and you tell Susan that you've had a bad nine years in a row? Homie, you are homeless. I'm sorry. Who is <laughs> letting you stay in that building? You are homeless. I don't, I don't know, but it's like, surely someone that smart can't be without that much money. Like, make There's no way. Make an MP3 player in 2005. I'm pretty sure you'd be, fucking make a lot of money. 2005, this man should have already had been on, like, the iPhone 5. Yeah, man. Like, look, like even, even Howard Stark, for all of his bumbling eccentricness, he was a rich motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Howard yeah. Stark was rich in the 40s. You can't tell me that you're in 2005 with the brain the size of Wisconsin, and you can't at least get royalty checks for a chair that doesn't fall. Which, <laughs> George... In two thousand, no, in two thousand five, that was an actual invention. Do you remember? Yeah. Where you can get the, where you can get a chair that has fail-safe legs on the back of the leg, so when you lean too far back, the training wheel type thing, the, it looked like a kickstand on the back of a chair, and you That's... can lean back, and the legs come out, and you have these two extra legs to stop you from leaning back so far. Homer tried to invent that. Remember. Didn't even like the worst the whole episode. Ever. There was a whole episode where Homer tried to invent a chair that when you lean back, it, the other legs engage. Oh, wait a minute. That might then... have been a Simpsons episode, not a real invention. <laughs> oh, wait. That might have been a. I think that might have been a Simpsons episode. Because <laughs> I remember first. that shit vividly of someone yeah. selling yeah. a chair that says, never lean too far back on a chair. Well, now you have these two and legs. The legs stop. kick out the back, and then he realizes that. He didn't invent it. Actually, Ben Franklin ended up inventing it. So he goes to Ben Franklin's place to like destroy the original one so that he can get credit <laughs> for the invention <laughs> in general. It's a hell of an episode. Simpsons is No, great. but that's also pretty true because if you really want to get serious, Michelangelo, or not Michelangelo, uh, Leonardo, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, he actually invented the first plane's blueprints. Yeah. It wasn't the Wright brothers that invented the biplane. The whirly, the whirly burly, whatever the heck you wanted to call it at the time. <laughs> he did call two, it something. Um, two, two inventions, actually. Yeah. Is it? Sorry, I'm an Assassin's Creed nut, so I'm like, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> but God, no, he had right. the whirly bird, and then he had the glider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whirly bird, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember one of them was specifically a bike with wings. Right. Mm -hmm. That I remember. It was like a bike that you pedal fast enough, and the wings, like, come out and reed couldn't have done that reed couldn't have created the razor telephone or something like that well all this technology you're telling me reed like couldn't reed, have made you could have been making millions off of heelys right now yes tamagotchis bro like you, exactly those led belts they used to say things like he could have he could have really made money on the market oh my god jelly slippers LED belts <laughs> jelly Jesus. slippers bro suspenders like, you know, all the all that thing, all the stuff from the 2000s. He could have made money off of any of that stuff. But uh, no, he's broke. No, he decided to just be a broke, tortured genius. Because, you know, you got to be you got to be one or the other. You have you either got to be broke or a tortured genius. You can't be both. Pick a struggle. It, People it is, already don't like you. It is canonical, though, that uh, Reed tells Grimm that he will go out of his way and never stop until he gets him his cure. That like, I that's, know, that's yeah. one of the things in the comics and they've had that argument before about like well you said that and you kind of haven't been working on it so like what's up <laughs> because yeah, I mean, said... Reed, it's been like 60 years are you gonna fix this man or what uh yeah yeah so victor oh no too far too far <laughs> too far too far because too far, i i scrolled up 
Too far, too far. So, yes, the motivating of powers. Reed uses the machine on himself. Sue finds him, and he's basically melted. Melting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, like, melting. Mm-hmm. Ben is placed. Ben is placed in the machine that's that's at uh, Von Doom, whatever place. Mm-hmm. And Doom uses his abilities to produce the electricity needed to power it, turning Ben back to normal, and accelerating Doom's condition, causing much of his body to turn to metal. Victor knocks out the human Ben and kidnaps Reed. Victor, now calling himself Doom. Dons a metal mask to hide his physical deformities and tortures Reed using a super coolant unit, which even as a kid, that was kind of cool and kind of jacked up. The, <laughs> it will forever be one of the coolest frames in comic book movies, and everyone can fight. Victor Von Doom in his helmet with the green hood, going to Victor, going to Reed and saying, "Science 101, Reed." What happens when you super cool elasticity and breaks his fucking finger? <laughs> it's it's jacked up. It looks horrifying as a kid to see one of your heroes frozen basically and tortured. Um and very doom, but then the next thing he does is pull out a a, a, a rocket launcher. <laughs> and I'm well, like, I mean, I guess I get it because the rocket launcher is a heat-seeking missile. And right. Johnny is about the hottest thing on the pool. Well, he is. It's Chris Evans. But Johnny's oh, about dear. the hottest thing on Earth. <laughs> oh, but dear. Chris Evans. I, I know what I said. I know exactly how I said it. Remember that leak? Things happen, <laughs> well, bro. Things happen. But listen, I don't need a leak when I got not another team movie. And I could just see, the, like, peak physical form Chris Evans in whipped cream and a banana. Yeah. Well, you don't really <laughs> see the banana, do you? <laughs> I think the banana was in the butt. Where he walks away in the <laughs> My statement was to lead was to let people's imagination <laughs> carry on and you just went straight there. It just you just put the banana in the butt. Okay. Well, I hope everybody's seen not another teen movie. It's one of those movies that as bad as it is, it just needs to be seen so you can remember. Comedy used to be worse than what it is now. I may hate Daddy's home, but not another teen movie and road trip exist. <sighs> I did not know Supergirl's sister was in not another team movie. Which uh, Supergirl? Alex. Alex Danvers oh, is oh, in I'm not yes. another team movie. Shit. She's one of she was Oh, she's the extra. um no, no, she's the she's all that girl, I think. No, that the, the she's all that girl is Lacey Sherbert. No, wasn't Meg there on... a fake she's all that? Oh no, you're oh, right. You're oh, right. yes, yes, yes. Janie Briggs. She's Janie Briggs. Yes, yeah, she is. She's Janie Briggs. Tyler Lay is uh, Janie Briggs. Also, she is the sister of Andros from Power Rangers in Space. That I don't remember. Yeah, bro. I was I, all I connected. Was, I was a Dino Thunder SPD fan. I'm mad that the first thing it says is she is known for portraying Janie Briggs. <laughs> Not like she was on Grey's Anatomy for five years. Apparently, she was on Supergirl for six, but she's most known for playing Janie Briggs in Not Another Team Movie, which came out 21 years ago. Jesus oh my god, I feel Christ. old. Yeah, 2002. Right? My god, 2001. My god, I remember when I remember when that movie was on Directv's on demand. And I asked my dad to rent it, and he had no idea what it was. And then we rented it, and yep. yep. Huh. She's also in the Marilyn Manson music video "Tainted Love." Oh, you know, you got me. You got me going there for a second. I was like, "Wait, Marilyn? Oh, Marilyn Manson, not Charlie Manson." Okay. <laughs> the Charlie Manson music video. 
I don't think they're letting that one out, bro. <laughs> That's dark web stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, so we have Victor Von Doom with a rocket launcher. <laughs> Just one of the best <laughs> and one of the best ways to to, to, to get back. Right. Into explain it. to me. Explain to me the hood. Where does that come from? Where does he pull that out of his closet? Was he just always waiting for a moment to don an evil I green don't know why this hood? just has an oversized duster hoodie, but he <laughs> just has a green oversized duster hoodie. And he was just waiting for this moment to whip it out and show the world what Doom what Doom's all about. That feels very weird. Say, as a kid, it pissed me off. And maybe maybe it, it, it is a whole comic book accuracy thing for me. But like, if you're gonna go comic book, if you're gonna go comic book accuracy, go comic book accuracy. The fact that I got one scene of this man in a hood, and then the rest of the movie, he's in no hood but still has the green jacket, is just ridiculous. Like, you're already there. How hard is it? And it has those big comic book gold circles on it too, <laughs> so it's accurate. But it doesn't make you don't understand where he got it from or what he's been doing with it. He just had it in his closet in case he ever flipped out as an evil villain. Oh, why does he even have the mask? What is the point of the mask? At least you know. In the I comic. thought I missed something. I thought you were gonna explain that to me. Where did the mask come from? No, the mask is just literally. I think it's not part of a spacesuit or anything. No, it was given to him by the people of Latveria. There's a little um nameplate on there. But it also says um, later on that his remains are transported back to his homeland of Latveria. So he's from Latveria. No, yeah, because even even the guy that he kills in the parking lot says, well, you know, maybe you can go back to, that, to Latveria and start over. That's so, racist right there. <laughs> that, that's that, was, that was really racist. Like, <laughs> go yeah, back know, to Latveria, bro? That's Come on. Yeah. Like, I know you couldn't make it here, so maybe go back to the home country. You know, like, very, That's very, terrible. Very xenophobic to say the least but there is no like explanation upon it all it is is and this is where i shoot my own self in the foot by saying maybe exposition could have been useful here because even me who knows the comic book lore behind dr doom is like well you know eight-year-old me didn't know the lore behind comic book dr doom eight-year-old me had to get told the lore of dr doom by people that were disappointed in his in his depiction it almost makes it seem as if when you start getting the reveal that things are turning metal, it almost makes it seem as if the skin on his face would just be gone and thus leave a metal face. So then he, why you need the hood? I mean, why that, you need the mask? If I don't know. Mask? I don't know. They're very confused. Johnny could literally throw a fireball at this man, melt him, his skin down to third degree burns, and it'll just be metal. So you already have the mask. The whole purpose of the mask was because he burnt his face by not waiting for it to cool down. Yep. And at least then, by that point where you get the origin of, of why he wears the mask, you already know that he's this Latvian dictator that literally saved it. Like, he's basically Druig. Yeah. He basically saves an entire country. Yeah. It would have been better if that would have been where they went with things. But you're, gonna get, you're getting to the one action scene of the, of the, of the, of the film. <laughs> oh, that Brooklyn Bridge scene was enough for you. Do you call that an action scene? Who are they fighting? They weren't fighting nobody. They were fighting depression. Is what they were fighting. They were fighting depression. Well, I mean, that's an ongoing struggle, my friend. That's a fight that is worth fighting. That's true. Keep fighting. Everyone keep fighting out there. He decides to go back into the machine. He decides to do it again. He's like, you know what? I got to save my friend. And the only way I can save my friend is doing the exact thing that put our our friendship into torment in the first place. Let me go back as the thing. Mm -hmm. And he does. 
Johnny gets blown into the ocean by the heat-seeking missile. Even though it was a good plan, I got to say it was a good plan. He figured out the, that the missile was heat-seeking, so he throws a fireball to yeah. try and confuse the missile. But he also forgot about blast radius, so there's also that. Right. And then we get one of the most organic. To me, truly, I truly believe that this is one of the most organic ways to say one of the dumbest comic book catchphrases. <laughs> All right. And that is when Thing busts right through D Von Doom's building, looks at him and looks at a frozen reed and goes, it's clobbering time, and punches him. Probably the only punch thrown in that entire movie by the Thing. <laughs> but I digress. Mm. Said uh, it took so four hours to put those prosthetics on. It's 60 pounds of prosthetics for Michael Chiklis really under that four thing. hours? Jesus yeah. Christ. 60 pounds. Can you imagine walking around with 60 pounds on top of you? It's a lot. I can't, but I know you can. I know you wit, can. Wit, wit can, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, she's oh, a day in the life. That's a day in the life. But yeah, how heavy is the... Because did you wear the Batman Dracula... Costume no, the, the the newest uh, outfit. Have you put that on yet? I have not, but the um the cape already is heavy because it's that was my double brush yeah. satin. Oh boy, <laughs> that's gonna be. Ooh, you're gonna need a little fan too. So oh, I'm I'm gonna enough. I I even I'm gonna have a parasol and a fan, and I'm just like, I need a handler for this costume. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, totally. Because I'm gonna be wearing prosthetics on it as well, so. I'm like, yeah, yep, it truly yep. makes you wonder how how vampires dressed like that before the days of indoor cooling and central air. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well, he lived in Romania. That's true, and they do run a bit cold. <laughs> they, they... Yeah, castles. True. Castles are very, very cold. Yeah, but imagine sleeping in that coffin, fully dressed. Oh, I yeah. know. Yeah, you know, but they, like I said, they run. Wake up with a heat stroke. They run cold. Huh? <laughs> they run cold. Right, he's dead, so he doesn't put off heat. Yeah, That's remember, also true. I keep forgetting about the hemoglobins. Vampires definitely Black, don't have uh, hemoglobins. Remember, Blackheart in my movie was icing people's drinks because he was. Oh dead. yeah, when he was walking by, he was causing. I he was causing like uh, what's that? Not snow flurries, but the crystallization. Yeah, the air was uh, just crystallizing while he walked. That's that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, he was freezing the condensation in the beers. Uh, where was he when, when, when our beers went warm? Jesus. Yeah, right. But speaking of warm, now you have yourselves a very warm Third final act. battle. <laughs> final battle. Very Luke, lukewarm? <laughs> a lukewarm final battle? The battle spills into the streets as the four assemble to battle Doom. Jesus, listen. Writer, do <sighs> I don't think you're supposed to repeat words in the same sentence like that. Yeah. Just from a grim grammatic standpoint, I don't think you should start and end. I don't battle, think the, the second word of your sentence should be the second to last word of your sentence. Word. The battle, battle doom. That's not how your sentence should form, but okay. Johnny and Susan combine their powers to wrap doom in an inferno of intense heat. And Ben and Reed douse him with cold water inducing thermal shock and freezing doom in place. As an epilogue, Ben informs Reed that he has accepted his condition with help of Felicia Masters. Sure. The guy that was having a problem with his powers the entire movie now has no problem with it because of one blonde, blind chick she met at a bar. 
You'd be surprised, bro. You, you know what? I, I have never accepted my insecurities because of a girl that I met at a bar, but I'm not going to knock it. <laughs> That's what it was. He was just jealous of the whole Stu Storm thing. So once he got his own little boo, he's like, ah, I don't even worry about it. I'll be a rock man. It like is what you, it is. My girl left me because I turned into rocks. Your ex got back with you because now you stretch suspiciously. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, Reed. Now, now you can be that six foot six guy that she's always wanted. I yeah. appreciate that they gave uh, the thing that you know Brooklyn accent and all that stuff like that. That always rings true. My to me. man has a Brooklyn accent the same way Andy Samberg's Dale had a Brooklyn accent in Chippendales. <laughs> Bagel, I, Yankee, pizza. I'm walking here. I'm walking. That's here. I mean, that is basically what that is. <laughs> you ever been to Yancey Street, bro? Yancey Street, don't play that. <laughs> Should be going down in Yancey Street, um, but yeah, I don't I'm think Michael Chiklis. I don't think Michael Chiklis is a problem with this film. I also don't think uh, Chris Evans is. We can talk about everybody else in a bit. Oh, I mean, honestly, I like the movie's basically over with. You know, they accept their their, their conditions. Uh, to, uh, John, uh, not to Johnny. Uh, Reed proposes to Sue. She says yes. Johnny Storm goes into the sky and makes a big fiery four, which, which apparently stays. You know stagnant because fire just doesn't move especially when you're in tropics. not for branding bro for branding yeah yep. that's it gotta love that superhero branding but the movie basically ends and everybody is worse off of it everyone is worse off because and they ship they ship doom in a container and then that's about it they literally pulled the indiana jones one ending yeah that was lit that's literally shot for shot of indiana jones <laughs> Where they put the, the, the covenant in a warehouse and then you pan out of the warehouse and it's just a bunch of the same cargo boxes in an entire warehouse. Madness. That's supposed to be like Marvel's greatest villain. And they just like poured cold water on him and uh, shift them to that very. Yeah, your, your problem is doom, bro. I think your problem is doom. Even with the even with the lukewarm you know sue storm reed richard stuff i think a better villain would have really colored things better i think it would have fleshed things out well, a bit better the there was no true villain there was no villain this was this was all the worst parts of an origin film because they're doing what could be told in 30 minutes in an hour true issue that's the missing component is you turned what could essentially be third act one of an origin story into all three acts that by the time you get to all three acts you're you're asking your questions why is ben all of a sudden just accepting his powers why does doom have have evil villain attire when he was never really shown to be an evil villain until about 40 minutes into the movie and the only right. reason why he becomes an evil villain is because he started going crazy with the powers he has on top of him losing his fiance, on top of him losing his company. So it's like all you're really doing is giving th this man the worst day of his life and powers of God, and you expect him to be a hero. Very weird. And it's a it's a problem that will end up getting uh repeated when they do this when they do Tenfold. the one from 2014. No, 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 no. You even have to admit that what they did to Toby Kettle is nowhere what they did here is nowhere near as bad as what they did to Toby Kettle. No, but I do Toby like the Kettle obsession of the of the negative zone in that in that film. Like that was pretty interesting. The idea that, that they introduced the negative zone and Doctor Doom, the man who will be Doctor Doom, um, 
like is left there and becomes like a you know like i think that's there's something cool there that they could have done with but they not enough time i don't know what what, what was the issue there. this edward snowden conspiracy theorist oh uh dovashev i know but he was victor dovashev he wasn't victor von doom she calls him remember it's like oh look dr doom yeah. over here yeah yeah i remember now victor dovashev okay yep sure I like the suits. I like the blue and black. I like how they look on them. I think that's pretty cool, pretty accurate, I uh, pretty streamlined. My problem with the suit is I think it's too X Men-y. Everything There's was too X Men this time, though. <laughs> Everything what? was leather. Everything was too X Men at this time. Everything was leather and plastic. Oh, then, you know, but that's, yeah, but that's a problem with the direction of comic book movies in the mid aughts is that everything had to be this monochromatic leather half leather half spandex jumpsuit where like when they're standing still and they're just doing these hero poses for the dvd cover it looks leather but when they're fighting and have the action sequences it looks almost spandex pick a material please yeah i have i have no idea what's going on there i i it, there's a lot of cases in which they try to make like the flight suits their actual suits and they there's jokes being made early on that they're they look kind of ridiculous but when you consider that they're not they don't have a marketing team behind them and they're still trying to come out in public as the fantastic four like i like i like their celebrity status that everybody knows who they are that's very comic book as well and so the idea that they don't really have a seamstress to make them cool outfits they're just going to use this the flight suits that they already have and they're just going to put a four on it yeah and they're just going to put the branding on it that seems very like what else like that's what else more are we plausible than them suddenly knowing how to sew four-way yeah. stretch fabric yeah that is also true they also say in this that it's doom that created the unstable molecule uh outfits which was it's very comic booky you know that unstable molecule word <laughs> that that's something i think the fantastic four ends up making some of spidey suits with some of that uh well, reed richards designed uh flash thompson's venom suit where he, oh he did yeah he well oh yeah so agent venom one of my favorite fucking comic book characters. One of my favorites. So this dude, Flash Thompson, he gets his Venom suit to where it's nanotech and in a wristband and redesigned it so that the symbiote, it, what it is, he took like symbiote material like itself and just turned it into a nanotech suit so that the symbiote doesn't control his brain. That's the, oh, okay. that's the problem with the symbiote when you're too long in the symbiote it starts to take over your inhibitions well reed made it so that flash can use the suit without the symbiote taking over okay it was like a neuro inhibitor chip from spider-man 2 <laughs> inhibitor chip i'm looking here and apparently there was a fantastic for the album with artists like chingy uh ryan cabrera some 41 simple plan lloyd banks alter bridge <laughs> what the fuck yeah, they have On Fire by Lloyd Banks on this Fantastic Four album. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they were trying to do here, bro. The fact bro. that you said Chingy. 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 Josh Stone. The man that had Remember one Josh song Stone? called Holiday Inn. <laughs> what you doing and chilling at the Holiday Inn? That's, That's it. Chingy. Some 41, bro. Well, I mean, well, y'all know how you feel about those kinds of bands. 
I actually like some forty one to be honest. Is it it some forty ones are the exception to the rule of of? I think because they were the rock? first. I think because they were the first ones. You know, I like well, I like some forty one. Definitely predates them, don't they? I like Blink one eighty two. I don't know beef with Blink one eighty two so or the, really or the like peppers. Good, so you really just don't like Good Charlotte or Simple Plan. I think it might just be those two. And it's only when they're complaining. If you want to sing about love and all that kind of stuff, it's fine. I mean, but, uh, you, you're the pet in my darling. Wait, that's 141. That's, that's, that's 141. That's no, no, no. That's, one, that's 182. I miss... I, I don't remember. I, I remember yeah, I miss, miss you yeah. is... Am I... Now you're making me crazy. Isn't <laughs> miss you some 41? That's what I said. And you told we me it's can... 182 just now. No, no, no. It is. Sorry. Now I'm confusing myself. Miss You is Blink-182, isn't it? Yes. I Miss You is Blink-182. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. We can live like Jack and Sally if you want. I remember that. Yes. You can live like Jack and Sally. Get married in the valley. I don't know about all that. Now you're making up your own. Because they all sound, because I love them, each and every one of them, but I'm not going to sit here and lie as if. 90s surfer teenage angst rock didn't all have the same voice it's the same way grunge is all the same and to that point i think that your film is just shoveled in with all the rest of the 2000s schlock My film hollywood a lot more stuff faithful to comic books though i don't know man it took some it took some it took some liberties with doom and i that that should be blasphemy on its own. You know, I will I will take Doom with a rocket launcher over. <laughs> Just listen to yourself say that though. When to, after you say it, take a pause, and then think of it, and then continue. Doom, listen. I I've been playing Fortnite for like four years now. I have a Doctor Doom skin on Fortnite, so I've seen Doctor Doom with a rocket launcher. That is that is a lot more better. Then literally Nick Cage in a 360 pan just laughing while his face catches on fire. Just ha 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 If you ha. type in, if you type in Dr. Doom rocket launcher, almost all the pictures are from that film because there's no other instance in which Dr. Doom. Okay, yeah, but did your film <laughs> randomly had a fucking rocket launcher? Your film huh? didn't have Ghost Rider Sam Elliott toys. My film are you had kidding Dr. Me? Doom with a rocket launcher toy. Are you asking me if a toy of Sam Elliott's character exists from Ghost Rider? Because I'm almost certain I could find one, bro. You know what if the internet's like? I'm going to laugh. Okay, I'll give hold you that on. Myself. Caretaker, hot toy. Oh God, not a hot toy. <laughs> and it's got to be a, it's got to be a toy, it's got to be a thing too. So I typed in it in, and I'm not finding it. But I'm that's not to say it doesn't exist. What's it? The lack of evidence, the evidence of absence, something like that. You know how that goes. Um, well, I'm going plausible deniability, and it's plausible that I can deny that that had a toy. Uh, there is a toy. Hold on, hold on. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. There is a toy for the uh, caretaker um, from the movie. It's on eBay currently for 80 bucks. Jesus if you wanted Christ it. In my life. Um, it says Ghost Rider Caretaker with Flaming Projectile Launcher. It's the shotgun that he gave him. Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, bro. Trying to say you trying to play Ghost Rider like it didn't have merch. He was out here. Game game. I'm so, listen, you know what then? I'm just gonna push the goalpost. My my movie had a video game based on the movie. Wait, now I gotta see <laughs> there's a ghost rider. 
fucking video game. But you know what? I think there was a Ghost Rider video game. There is a Ghost Rider video game on PlayStation 2 and Game Boy Advance. <laughs> on Game, game Boy Advance and PlayStation 2. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I win in this one, bro. It came out February 2007, and there's an Xbox version of the game that was supposed to come out, but it got canceled. My God. Just surrender. Just surrender your soul to the writer, bro. Feel that penance there. I, I, I'm going to... I. Oh, you're going to make me go on YouTube and watch the gameplay of this damn video. <laughs> Why? Game. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> because I can't believe that there was a Ghost Rider video game. I had, like, every comic book video... Like, comic book video games, in especially the mid-2000s, was it for me. I had every single Marvel Ultimate Alliance game. I yeah, and you also got that weird Ghost Rider kind of skin in Spider-Man, right? With the skull and stuff. Yep. What? Okay. Well, we have exposited our likes and dislikes of our various films. But Spooky Wit is here to hear our ramblings, follow them in their mind, and come up with what they believe. <laughs> out of all this mess. No pressure, by the way. Out of all this mess. <laughs> no, no pressure, my man. But just know, like, you know, of, yeah, we, we, we have pressure on you. Yeah, out of out of all this madness, after hearing everything being said and all the blasphemy that's been said, what do you think is the worst film out of these two? And again, no pressure. Um, my unbiased opinion, um, I would actually have to say because because Dan bashed his own movie in his <laughs> argument. That is true. I, I have to say that Fantastic Four is the worst out of this <laughs> argument. See, that's fa that that's fair. See, and that, that was unbiased. Fair. That is unbiased. And it's not to say that your two is not better than my two. I think your two is way better than my two. I think Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is better than Ghost Rider 2 Spirit of Vengeance. And Ghost Rider 2 has Idris Alba in it. Another Alba performance <laughs> that's misused. How did you literally get the worst performance out of Idris Alba? I don't know, bro. It was just—it was a different time. Even though he was already in Thor, because this is 2012, so he was already in Thor. Yeah, and but I'm not gonna sit here and say that the, my man was making Oscar-worthy supporting actor performances in the first Thor movie. Wow, you hating on him, Dow, bro? All seeing. Uh, well, you know what? Fine. I I can hate. I think I hate Hemdow worse in his appearance in. Age of Ultron than his entirety of the Thor franchise. Because him and Age of Ultron was the most in the dream In the dream? In that dream sequence where he just comes up to Thor and he's like, yes, brother, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> like, what Because he, he, he thought he was going to be in, he, he didn't read Alba, he read Alba, and he thought he was in that movie with the eye transplant stuff that was going on that we were talking about from before, and that's why he was all confused. Like my eyes, brother, they see everything. No, but I totally get it. I'll take Idris Elba in Takers and The Losers before either Ghost Rider 2 or any of the Thor movies. The benefit is, even though we've done this, we do this once a quarter on the Major Issues podcast. Every three months or so, we pull out these two two films and we do this. Um, this is probably our 10th? I want to say it's 11th. 10th or 11th edition of this um well we and, can't count the tournament so definitely like 10. and there was a fear early on right because we're tackling two films at a time there was a fear that we would eventually run out but seeing as things like morbius and dark phoenix still exist <laughs> <laughs> venom 2 
always comes back. It always comes back, man. It uh, always comes back to Morbius. It always comes back to Morbius. It looks like we will still have things in the future to tackle. I want this. This episode was initially going to be a Josh Whedon hateathon, but I wanted to cover some uh, Marvel properties, considering the success of Multiverse of Madness, and again, people chopping at the bit for the MCU versions of the Fantastic and Four I'm not and Ghost Rider. Lie, I was about an hour. No less than that. I was about thirty minutes into Age of Ultron, and I'm like, "Oh God, I, I have to watch Justice League also after." <laughs> like I was li- like, honestly, "It's a lot, it's a lot." Like before, before you hit me up saying, "Hey, can we change it?" I was actually really dreading this, which was worse. And I don't usually dread a which was worse because I always at least have somebody with me to watch the movie that so I can make fun of it together with them. Right. But this was the second time next to um. When we did uh, Ghost Rider 2 and Fan Stick, this was the second time I had to watch two movies back to back alone. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you hit me up. He's like, hey, can we change it? I'm like, yep, yep, let's change it, please. Like, whatever Wait, you want. one time, one time we, we did uh, season one of Iron Fist oh, against God. season one of The Inhumans. So not only did we have to watch a full season of something that was rough, but two full seasons oh of the most gosh. maligned, probably the worst Marvel television that exists currently. Um, and it was it was rough, but we we end up leaving, like I said, with more appreciation because I do think that even though we hammer these films, there are worse out there. There are definitely worse out there. Um, that I found good things in both of our films. Like I'm like I said, I'm watching it again, and I'm just like. Um, a lot of the a lot of the Ghost Rider stuff is dumb, but it just looks cool, you know. And a lot of it looks the, cool, but it's stupid. Yes, a hundred percent. That's they, that's what they should have called the film, basically. No, what is, <laughs> like, looks yeah, cool, but stupid. Stupid, stupid. That's it. Um, and then there, there's like there's some endearing moments of Fantastic Four. Like there are some. They are. They feel weirdly in that same Sam Raimi kind of clean world, like idealistic. Uh, world where it, you know we we're gonna end up moving from that. We end up getting grittier. We end up getting dirtier. I mean, Iron Man is could be seen as just a regular action film, not a superhero film. And so the MCU goes on a very serious uh, road after this. But um, before then, I guess they were just throwing things against the wall to see what sticks, and that's what that's how we got our two films. But um, no, but that was definitely fun. Uh, we will be next week. We'll be tack starting the beginning of tackling the Dark Knight trilogy because uh, Rises is doing its 10 year anniversary this year, which means the entire franchise that Dark Knight uh, trilogy franchise is 10 years old. So we'll be celebrating Batman uh, moving forward. And then our summer is packed Miss Marvel, Thor Love and Thunder, The Umbrella Academy, The Boys, Superman and Lois is finishing up. Um, we'll probably get new seasons of Star Girl and Doom Patrol. Um, she Hulk. She yes, yeah, She Hulk is around the corner as well. Um, Black Adam comes out this year. I don't know when the. I don't think the Flash is ever coming out. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but we'll be. I guess when there was one more DC movie that was coming out in 2022. League of Super Pets is out in <laughs> in July. That that might that might have been either that or wait. Doesn't Shazam two come out in December? Aquaman. Oh yes, it was Aquaman. Never mind. Aquaman, Black Adam, and League of Super Pets come out this year. Um, and then for Marvel, it will be uh, the, I think Thor and Wakanda Forever are out this Wakanda year. Wakanda Forever is definitely coming out this year. I know that. Those two, Thor and Wakanda Forever. And 
we're getting another case of like getting extremely close to Wakanda forever and not getting a glimpse of anything, like not having a a, a trailer or any of that kind of stuff. And considering that I, its I biggest actor is gone, actress, whatever the yeah. Cherie actress name is, I think she recently said that the film's finished wrapping. Yeah, so they'll be doing all that post-production stuff. And people are still high off of the myriad of films on Disney+, Plus and all the stuff that they're doing as part of Phase 4. So I, there's no rush, but I'm very interested to see how that film looks. Um, but I want to thank everyone for listening up to this point. I mean, keep listening. But I want to thank everyone who's been listening to this diatribe of, of uh, you know, people arguing about Cape stuff. Um as you know, I don't know how you found this episode, but every episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. That's over 200 episodes of the Major Issues Podcast talking all things comic books and comic book media. Also at comicbookclick.com, we have all of our merchandise at Public, designed exclusively by me. But comicbookclick.com is also where you can find out a little bit about us. Buy some merchandise designed by me where we get a kickback. Find every episode of the Major Issues podcast, but we're also writing some pretty cool articles up there as well. So that's our one-stop shop for everything comic book click if you're interested. The Major Issues podcast is also available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, TuneFind, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, maybe still on Facebook. I'm not sure. But literally, our biggest claim to fame Go to Google, type in Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. If you want to support us, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day. You can help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and software we need to keep providing you guys with quality free content. Uh, we're still working on our CBC React series where we are reacting to Superman and Lois. Spooky Wit is coming up with some pretty cool uh, documentation for their latest cosplay, so be on the lookout for that. You can find all of the updates for everything Comic Book Click at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, at Major Issue CBC on Twitter, or you could use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I've been to the future, and I've seen that we do become that, but I can't tell you how we do it or else I'll break the timeline. So just get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon becomes full. I'm telling you, ain't going to be much space left, and you don't want to end up sitting on anybody's lap. So get on, share, tell a friend to tell a friend, rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. I know you're liking what we're doing, but tell us how to improve, and uh, we will keep giving you these episodes every single Wednesday, Knock on Vibranium. We haven't missed one yet. So... Be on the lookout for each and every episode of that and all the things that we do as part of Comic Book Click. Uh, this has been a hell of an episode, but uh, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the fantastic comic book man. And I'm Spooky Wit Cosplay. And this has been our Which Was Worse series, Ghost Rider versus the Fantastic Four. And remember... Whether you're a stretchy man, a demon, invisible, on fire, just don't be a dumpster fire like these films. And always remember that you're the click. So always remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>